This podcast is offered by San Francisco Zen Center on the web at sfzc.org. Our public programs are made possible by donations from people like you. So, uh, thank you, Matt, for the introduction. Um, uh, as I said, my name is Haku Sho. I'm uh, practice at San Francisco Zen Center for in residence for the better part of 14 years and just left last year and now living in Southeast. Southeastern Vermont, Brattleboro. Um, started a little group here. Yeah, it's so great to see some familiar faces and names on the screen. Let's go be back. Uh, my heart tonight is, um, is with the many, many, many residents in New Orleans. Uh, currently struggling in the aftermath of Hurricane Ida uh, without power and water and uh, some real uh, real heat. And also with uh, those of you in California impacted by the fires uh, um, the director indirectly. There's been others impacted by extreme weather conditions this summer, for sure. And we had um, hurricane or tropical storm Henry coming through here you know, in Europe. Uh, it's been a lot of, uh, a lot of rain and flooding too. So um, I think whether we're directly impacted by these extreme weather conditions or other stress factors uh, in the world right now, um, or or not, uh, I think we're all feeling the sort of the impact, the stress, uh, that in some regard. And um, coming together um, is a really good uh, medicine in these kind of situations. So my talk tonight isn't meant to address uh, climate change or the causes of it. Um, my topic is um, focused around a recent experience I had of uh, sitting silently and still um, for a few hours uh, for what had been the first time in, in a little while uh, recently and how I'm trying to integrate this experience into my everyday practice uh, now. Uh, and perhaps uh, somewhat like human-induced climate change, uh, know, knowing what is off and harmful in our practice doesn't automatically fix it. Uh, diagnosing the disease is important and uh, applying the cure can be its own, own challenge. So just a couple of weeks ago, uh, with the Brattleboro Zen Center, we had our first um, half-day sitting, um, sitting together over Zoom. Uh, we had just started sitting uh, in person when we went back to Zoom. Yeah. Due to rising uh, numbers and uh, COVID infections. So uh, we sat together for a, a Saturday morning and uh, as someone who has sat thousands of periods probably of sasan in my life. Uh, I was surprised by how 
how uncomfortable this experience was for me for a, a part of the a big part of the morning actually especially with a, a schedule that was uh, relatively gentle and in particular it was this uh, relentless uh, restlessness uh, physical and mental and it went on for several periods uh, it reminded me of when i first started sitting uh, and i would find it incredibly difficult to sit still even for shorter periods of time uh, feel fortunate that i at that time and uh, my practice you know that early time somehow seem to have been convinced enough that this was something I should persist with even through difficulty. And also that on the other hand, I was um, not sure from where, but I, but I was um, gentle enough with myself to just initially just limited my sitting to 10 to 15 minutes. So yeah, I sort of built up some stamina and I could gradually increase. So. I'm sharing this, um, uh, I think, because I want to say to anyone who's new to meditation and who's finding it challenging that the fact that it, finding it challenges is not uh, necessarily an indication that this is not for you. Um, in fact, uh, it may actually be an indication that this might be really good for you. Uh, at least this uh, was the case for me. And also the recommendation to be uh, being, I think, being firm but gentle uh, is the way. So, in the case um, of our half day sitting a few weeks ago, my own restlessness uh, didn't give uh, rise to doubt about whether this practice was um, was for me or not. If there's uh, one thing I feel I might have gained from uh, years of Zen practice. It's, I think it's been this faith that this is a really good practice for me and I believe for um, many others too. And also that it is when, when there's a part of me uh, that doesn't really want to do it, that it's particularly important uh, for me to show up as fully as I can for uh, my practice and from my experience. Um, so um, for our morning sitting, I got to stay practicing with his restlessness um, and what's in my body and in my mind and to, to sit with it and familiarize myself with this uh, particular form of it. Uh, and eventually by the last period of sitting of the morning, uh, my body began to relax and my mind wasn't resisting stillness anymore. And at the end of it, uh, I felt it's a little more like the experience I had perhaps had been hoping for going into the sitting. Uh, I felt pretty good. So it was, um, it was tempting to just leave those memories uh, of less than pleasant periods of zazen behind me. Um, but I felt that they had they'd been telling me something uh, important. And while I sit zazen with the group here, uh, five mornings a week, um, this had been 
uh, as I mentioned, um, uh, the first time in, in several months that I sat uh, a half day or longer, uh, before four or five months, maybe. Uh, it seemed seemed clear, however, that uh, the restlessness wasn't simply uh, stemming from the fact that I had not been sitting that much for a while, uh, that this amount of sitting was now unusual for me. Rather, uh, I think what rang truer for me was that for some time, um, my off-the-cushion practice had been filled with restlessness um, and that I had for this time in many ways uh, allowed that restlessness to perpetuate itself. So after doing our morning program of Zasen and the, the simplified service uh, that we do at the end of it, uh, I think for most of the rest of most days, uh, I had been going about my life in a rather disembodied, um, busy, uh, restless, uh, anxious uh, kind of way. Um, and I feel that what I what I got to see in Zalsen was uh, a state of mind and, and body um, that had become all too too common during these last few months. Uh, no, I, I kind of knew it. Uh, it was there. I hadn't hadn't really taken a good look at it. Um, I don't think I had the courage to actually. And I, I could see it most clearly in the sort of the increasingly addictive quality that my computer and my phone seem to have uh, had for me, uh, have for me. Uh, sort of the tendency in those moments, um, you know, between other moments, between other chores, uh, when there's um, that sort of space. Um, where you that you could do something with um when i a choice was presented um i i, I might have taken a step back from what i had previously been engaged in uh, and and instead i sort of followed the impulse to uh, to cram in news uh, sports or just email checking and those spaces so forth just to, uh, to just to just to get away from this sort of underlying uh, feeling of, of this disease uh, it seemed what rang true during that sitting was like this state that i'm experiencing right now is a reflection of the uh, but underlying uh, restlessness and, and anxiety that uh, I've been pushing away. I, I can. This is speculation. I can speculate sort of as, sort of the causes of the for this, but I think um, 
the pandemic has certainly been part of it. Um, for the first part of it, uh, I was um, rather fortunate to spend uh, it in community. Um, First the city center and then uh, uh, the art monastery community here in Vermont. So it was uh, surrounded by a practice community. Um, and so sort of the second part since uh, about the beginning of the year, uh, my, my wife and I have been living in our own apartment uh, in a new part of the country to us. So I think I've experienced kind of the isolation that many others uh, have experienced during these times uh, and uh, the sort of the busyness and the having something to sort of to grasp with my mind uh, for much of my day uh, might have become sort of a coping mechanism uh, to find myself in this new situation no longer regulated by sangha uh, So as I'm looking at these um, these sort of habits now, and sort of uh, just noticing the moments uh, in my life when there is that little choice and the little impetus to to bring my mind outside of away from myself in some way. Um, what, what I'm finding is. Um, Sometimes it's actually incredibly easy. And all I need to do is actually remember not to do what I'm inclined to do. Um, and there can be a certain, um, a certain peace that appears uh, right away. One of the, uh, traditional instructions for how to deal with restlessness, uh, I believe, is to uh, say like, like re restlessness is perpetuated by an unwise, um, uh, unwisely tending to restlessness. Uh, whereas uh, sort of the antidote is, is to, to have the, the wisely tending to the quiet mind. Something along those lines. It seems to suggest that actually these two, there might be, might be two minds um, available to us. Uh, so, at some moments, I, I feel like stepping into uh, just just not following that habit, and I, I can immediately appreciate uh, the spaciousness of not keeping myself busy. Uh, and at, at other times, uh, it's much more like um, swimming against the stream. Uh, and in those moments, I think the best I can do is uh, just to try to remember what I, what I believe to be true, uh, the teachings of, of what, uh, what is actually uh, what is true freedom from suffering, uh, I guess, and how might that be expressed uh, at this moment?
what what step is needed right now, even if there's not some immediate uh, result in ease. Uh, at least, uh, can I be with what is? So we might come to practice um, meditation with a, a real desire uh, to change our lives. And uh, I totally believe that the practice of zasan uh, uh, can do so, uh, though it, it really seems to help if we can accept that we, we don't get to decide how it's going to impact our lives if we we can let ourselves be changed by the practice uh, change will happen um, and i also think that uh, actually the the opposite is is just as true it's uh, it's how we live our lives when we're not sitting on the cushion uh, which will have a real significant impact on our practice when we're on the cushion. So that's the point I'm, I'm trying to make here is that just that the practice of zasan can provide a mirror um, of our everyday life and our everyday mind. Um, it can show us our habit energies that are at play uh, when we're not um, on the cushion, um, and they will show up on the cushion as well soon enough if we sit still uh, a little bit, uh, and maybe sometimes a little bit longer than we usually do. And then if, if something is off in our meditation practice, uh, if it feels like it is lacking in some particular way, it might suggest that there's something in how we carry ourselves through the rest of our day uh, that we might consider refining a little bit. Uh, as in the case of uh, the restlessness, are there ways that we might be perpetuating a mental state um, instead of looking at it? stopping and taking inventory? And is there anything extra in our life that is uh, we're holding on to, but uh, which isn't serving us? What, what are we willing to, um, to let go of? Uh, how, How might we unconsciously be resisting uh, the, the practice to work on us uh, by bringing ourselves away uh, from ourselves?
we might think that um, in order to be practicing, uh, we either need to radically change our life to set off for the monastery, you know, cease all worldly affairs. Um, and if we can't do that, we can't truly practice. Uh, that option isn't open to us. Or um, we might have an idea that, um, you know, we sh really should be able to practice just in our life as it is right now without changing anything. Uh, if we're not, it's sort of our, you know, our fault in some way. Um, I think while uh, some moments of sort of radical change might be necessary, um, going to the monastery or, or leaving the monastery. Uh, no matter where we are in our practice, uh, for most of our practice life, uh, the best place to practice is obviously somewhere in the middle of these two. Uh, it's not necessary to tear everything up uh, in order to find some true practice. Uh, but also going about our lives um, just in the same old way might not um, produce this sort of a most fresh and, and spacious mind uh, which to fully engage uh, and look at ourselves either. Uh, so what are the little sort of the little places in our lives where uh, we're we're just acting out of habit? Uh, we this might be an old coping mechanism that's you know, served us at some point, uh, perhaps, or at least we thought so. Um, but it's um, all it's really doing is it's, it's bringing us away from ourselves in some way. So, uh, and we can we find those spaces and and uh, uh, are we willing to look at them and uh, and to at least experiment, sort of engage with it with it spirit of experimentation of, of what might it be to not, you know, do this thing that I always do. And, and what might it be to do, uh, to do a little less uh, than what I usually do to, um, what are the moments in my day when I, uh, the, Taking the backward step, as our Japanese ancestor Nehi Dogen says, when, what moments uh, are available off the cushion for me when I can actually take a backward step, and tune into my breath, uh, my body, um, 
notice what's going on in my chest, uh, which is where a lot of the emotional life takes place. Um, see if there's anything I'm trying to run away from. So those were my, my thoughts I wanted to share um, with you tonight. Uh, it's a few minutes shorter than uh, I thought, but that means uh, I think a little more space for um, discussion. Uh, if anybody has anything you want to bring. Thank you for listening to this podcast offered by the San Francisco Zen Center. Our Dharma talks are offered free of charge, and this is made possible by the donations we receive. Your financial support helps us to continue to offer the Dharma. For more information, please visit sfcc.org and click Giving. May we all fully enjoy the Dharma.